That old black magic has me in its spell That old black magic that you weave so well I see fingers up and down my spine Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine Welcome back to another episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are moving right along on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, for those of you, those of our friends over in the UK. Chapter 14. What's it called? (laughs) I've been waiting for this. Okay, so (laughs) I kind of peeked at chapter 14 earlier, just the title before we were reading it, and... I assume we were going to be reading about a dog because I saw... Yeah, I was, I was really confused when you asked me about the dog. I saw Ridgeback and I saw I-A-N at the end of the word before it. And I assumed we were referring to a Rhodesian Ridgeback dog, which is the dog that always looks like it's mad because it's got like the ridges on its back. So it looks like its fur is always up. Tis not the case. No, no. We, we are not talking about dogs. We are talking about dragons, in fact. Yes. Which is... Very far away from the canine, uh, <laughs> uh, the canine, uh, what's not breed, but whatever the uh, species, species, there yeah, that's the word. Science is hard, so words uh, are hard too. That, that's why I'm a librarian because so I don't have to teach science anymore because it got too hard for me. Fourth but grade, you, you should also read the words instead of just you know skimming and assuming. Well, I did read the chapter, yeah, so there we go. 10 points for Hufflepuff. Sure. So chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. Yes. A Norwegian Ridgeback is a, I'm told, a rare type of dinosaur, dinosaur, (laughs) dragon. I'm I'm having a a rough time here. I'm feeling a little under the weather because you got me sick. (laughs) I did not get you sick. As as is tradition around this house. Let's talk about what happened at the end of, of the last chapter, though. Uh, last chapter was uh, Nicholas Flamel. We learned a lot about the alchemist, Nicholas Flamel, the seemingly uh, never-dying Nicholas Flamel because of his uh, familiarity with the Philosopher's Stone. And, and the it's, elixir. And the elixir that he has to drink every so often, I'm guessing, him and his wife. And I believe he's, they said he's over like 600 years old at this point. Something like that, yeah. When it takes place in the story. Probably the most intriguing thing was at the end of the chapter when we had the bullying session between Snape and Professor Quirrell out in the woods, right? Yes. And what was that uh, kind of the reasoning for that? What was What's Snape after again? Uh, the children assumed that Snape is bullying the professor into giving him insight on how to get past the enchantments, how to get to the stone. I just assumed that Snape wanted to wear the turban and Quirrell would not let him. And I assume that's why he was bullying because he really wanted that turban. Yeah, that's a possibility too. So there's there's two possibilities is what you're saying. <laughs> really, truly, yes. Okay, good. Or more. And it kind of seemed, we, we, we learn a little bit about a little bit more about Quirrell and Snape's standing in and the, and the the hand that they had in helping to protect the stone, actually in this chapter, and uh, we kind of things to to the children at least kind of become a little bit clear. I'm finding out in this book when things are clear to the children, they're often wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of assume that these three children are right. And shame on me for assuming that... You work at a school. Yeah, I should know better. You should. I've, I've, you really should. When, when we're recording this, this will be my 15th year of working in public education with students ranging from 5 to 12 years old. So I should know better. Mm-hmm. However, I, I am easily, um, easily led along. And it's probably the Hufflepuff in me that I just kind of assume that, oh, yeah, you must be right. So let's go with that. <laughs> But I'm finding out that as I'm reading the book more, and then I kind of make these assumptions, and then I share them with you, and you kind of give me like a silly look, and you kind of laugh at me. 
Like, oh, Dan. Silly, silly Dan. You know nothing, Dan Snow. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> You're yes. going to find out. Oh, wait till you find out how wrong you are. But early in chapter 14, we like have... Like, this chapter's not about dogs? No, yeah. Who knew? Apparently, mil- I did. Apparently, tens of millions of people knew, <laughs> and not me. Uh, early on in chapter 14, we have the trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione constantly checking on Fluffy, the three-headed dog. Anytime they're in that corridor, they just kind of put an ear up to the door, and they figure if he's still growling, the stone is still safe. <laughs> he's still growling, he's still guarding. Yeah, if we hear, if we hear snoring, uh, we might be in trouble. Or if we don't hear anything, we might be in trouble. Yeah. But we still hear growling, so we know that... He's got to sleep sometime. He's still guarding. Uh, I mean, I bet he sleeps with one eye open. Or do all three heads sleep at the same time? Ooh. Maybe, maybe like, they take shifts. Maybe, like, two, two sleep at once, and then, they, like, the other one stands guard. Interesting. Good theory, Jessica. You're having a big show. Ooh. Um, I'm out. And they also... Uh, another thing that I thought was kind of funny, they surmise that if Snape is still grumbly and unhappy, then he doesn't have the stone yet either. <laughs> yeah, he's still grumpy. Yeah, And when is he not grumpy? But, you know, that was my thing. It was like, how, how could you tell? Like, he might have the stone and well, like, still just be Snape. If he if he had stone, I don't know. I think he'd, he'd kind of be out of there. I mean, if you had this magical stone, would you keep still work at your day job? People have asked me, like, if I won the lottery, would I keep teaching? And the answer is no. Yeah, so <laughs> no. Just the simple fact that he's still there. Like would like I think I I think I'd keep teaching. You know, I've had teachers tell me I you know because I I love it and and it's 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 my passion. It's what I was made to do. And I say, yeah, yeah, I could see that. On the other hand, hear me out now. Imagine not having to work <laughs> <laughs> because you know it. In the grand scheme of things, I have a job that is not like an awful, you know, feeling. When you, some people have jobs when they get up in the morning and they dread going to work. I don't dread going to work. I'd rather be home, you know. As like just like today, we're recording this on a, a holiday. We're recording this on President's Day. You and I both had the day off. It was great. Great. Even Slept though I'm in. even though I'm feeling under the weather, I'd rather feel under the weather at home with you and my dogs than. You know, at school with in a germ factory. <laughs> who are the ones who actually got you sick? Not me. Oh well, you both you work you work in a germ factory as well, and you just and seem fine. to you're not fine. <laughs> you're not <laughs> I'm fine. fine. You're just super sick, like four days ago, and uh, <laughs> and, then, and then you day. got me sick. But Quirrell also hasn't helped Snape yet, which is a good thing. And I I also thought it was funny that the the students every time they. Every time Harry goes by Quirrell, he kind of gives him a little, like, you know, po- like a little thumbs up, a little positive smile. Like, you're doing hey, a great job, hey, You're doing buddy. a good job not telling Snape, like, all those secrets of, like, how to, how to get past the dog. But he didn't really say that. No, but just... That he's just trying to, you know, like, hey, man, keep it up. Like, you, you keep being you, you know. I'm pretty sure if a student said that to me, I would be very suspicious. <laughs> I'd probably be, like, super touched and, like, very... <laughs> no. I told you the one, like, hugged me the other day, and I was terrified. I was like, what? What now? What happened? You're making an impact in young lives is what's happening. No, that child's <laughs> just crazy. Well, that, that could be that could be, a, could be a mix of both. He hasn't spoken to me for a week now, so I guess we're back to normal. Okay. Uh, well, we've got... Like I said, there's there's several kind of funny things going on in this chapter just by, you know, the the the, the things that the children are seeing and the things that they're uh, surmising based on their surroundings. I think uh, some of the other students were picking on Coral because of his stutter. Uh, some of our trio, uh, I don't remember if it was Harry or Ron or Hermione or a mixture of the three, kind of standing up for Coral now because they realized he that... That he's being bullied, you know, and that's something that they are familiar with. And that, that he's actually showing a little bit of uh, intestinal fortitude there. And uh, not just, get, you know, rolling over and, you know, showing his belly to the bully, uh, to borrow a term from dogs. Since this chapter is about dogs, no. right? It's not. No. Shoot. Okay. I'm um, going to need a second to redo my notes here. <laughs> oh, we're going to bring 
bring it up as often as possible. I had a lot of dog questions I was going to ask you. I was I was re- really ready to. Uh, I was going to talk about Westminster. I was going to talk about uh, lots of stuff going on with in the dog world. But uh, turns out half my notes are uh, null and void right now. Yes. But I will I will trudge on. Uh, the trio is also studying for the upcoming exams very di- diligently. Uh, yes, that was my f- my well one only translation <laughs> issue for you. Oh, okay. Uh, in my version, in the Philosopher's Stone version, Hermione repeatedly says revision timetables. Oh, she's working on revision timetables for everyone. I'm like, what the heck is she talking about so i grabbed your book and double checked is that studying it's study schedules study schedule and revisions is studying and timetables is schedules i love it i love it yeah that's great so just so you know that was my my catch for the good job chapter like i said you're having a big show i think uh we and they're in the library they do call it the library in your book right yes okay (laughs) It's not not called like uh, the book emporium. <laughs> Very nice. I'm gonna get off to the book emporium to uh, do do some uh, revisions. Re- revisions. <laughs> and I'm going to use my timetable to uh, to help pace out my revisions at yes, the book emporium. Yes, you Emporium. definitely need to pace your revisions. And they see uh, Hagrid in the library, which is kind of like. The same looks that I get when I go to Michael's. <laughs> we're, we were just in Michael's We today. were just in Michael's. I, I was actually dressed like semi-normal today. Normally I go into Michael's, I'm wearing like a tank top and like a backwards hat. And I get a, I get looks like, you're not supposed to be here. No. You know, the sports authorities down the street. <laughs> Hagrid's in the library. Looks very out of place, hiding a book behind his back. And the students, after they leave, discover that they, well, they want to know what he's up to. And so they discover that he's been looking up books on dragons. Not dogs, mind you. No, not dogs. But dragons. Dragons. Dogs was in a different section of the library, of the book Emporium. I was kind of impressed in this chapter because I, I thought it kind of gave Ron a chance to kind of be the Hermione a little bit in this chapter, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because when dragons came up, Ron, I guess, just as a... you, know, I'm sure he's absorbed a, a lot of dragon information just being around his brother, specifically Charlie, mm-hmm. who's, you know, off... I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> who, <laughs> Do you know who Charlie is? Who's off, and what uh, he does. He, who's off, you know, studying dragons. And does he, like, actually... Does he actually, like, like raise dragons? He and, works with them. Okay. But that's, like, his job is to deal with the dragons. So he's like a... Uh, uh, like a zoologist, like <laughs> just for dragons. Dragonologist. Yeah. So he's like the guy that at the zoo that like works with the like the panda bears and makes sure that everything's like copacetic with them. And... Yeah. And he specializes in the panda oh, bears. Oh, cool. Only. Right on. Question: Did you know that Ron had other brothers before starting this adventure? Well, I knew about the twins, of course. Yes. Because they're so prominent in the movies, mm-hmm. and we met them. So and, yeah, and yeah, we met them at a, at a comic con a few years ago. Uh, that was uh, Valentine's Day weekend, and I paid for you to get a picture with the Weasley twins, and you paid me paid for me to get a picture with the Bella twins from WWE. It's very romantic. Weekend. It is very romantic. We take care of each other. We love each other very much. That uh, it was like we gave each other twins for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. That's kind of that's just kind of what we do. I did know. You know, of course I knew about Jenny because she's very prominent in the, not in necessarily in this movie, but in the later movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the twins. I'm sure I was aware of Charlie, but I probably didn't know, you know, to what extent he, you know, was important to the story or or what he was doing other than being like a like a Hogwarts graduate. Mm-hmm. So what about Percy? There are so many brothers. Yeah. And and now that you said that I just totally forgot about Percy. Even though we were talking about Percy at the Comic Con we went to last week because we were talk we were talking about getting uh prefect, prefect uh pins for our robes. Yep. <laughs> and we were talking about Percy the Prefect. Did anybody did you know that Percy was a prefect? I didn't know. He never mentioned it. Because he always mentions it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I mean I guess I didn't I guess outside of the twins and, and Jenny going into this book, that those were the ones that really stood out. So those are the ones that I really kind of just had in my periphery uh, going into it. But now I'm I'm figuring out that you know Charlie plays a big role in this chapter. 
You know, if not for, you know, Charlie, there's a big, big problem on our hands. <laughs> like, literally and figuratively, a big, big problem on our hands. So, uh, any other questions for me? or No, but there are more brothers, just so you know. Jeez Louise! <laughs> so there's no kind of... Um, Birth control in the wizarding world. I'm <laughs> Not in the Weasley family, anyway. You can't. Uh, you can't just like uh, uh, expecto uh, something. I don't know. I'm trying to keep it PG, as Jess is counting on her fingers how many siblings. I'll play you some think music. Seven, including there's, Ron? Yes, there's seven children. That's bigger than the Rhino Clan. Mm-hmm. We have five children. My mom is still Mrs. Weasley, though, very much so. I was pretty sure there was seven, but I had double double count, double check. So we find out in this chapter that dragons have been actually outlawed uh, since 1703. Yes, and the facts that the Ron is rattling off. Right. Yeah, that yes. was the that was what I, that was kind of the point I, I was starting yeah, I to make to back around like ten point. minutes ago before Sorry. we. Sorry. No, and that's not that's that's just something that in my podcasting uh, short history I tend to go off on tangents and then I just kind of get lost and I just I'm like all right well I guess I'm going to sit sit here and wait for help to come then <laughs> because I'll never find my way back. That's why you have notes. I noticed that with your other cat podcast, you have notes. And- copious notes. Yes. Copious note taking. Uh, that's why I'm the best in the business. Uh-huh. Within walking distance of the Missouri River. Uh-huh. Which is uh, kind of my tagline. Which is not far. No, it's not very far at all. We, me and the dog go down. Really I mean, I'm not going to walk it, but you and Robin yeah, do it all the time. go down by the river all the time. It's great. Um, and the river's probably pretty high now we, yeah, it, might probably, be it might even shorten the walk the river the river will come to you if you're not careful uh but the students discover that haggard was looking up books on dragons and that's when ron starts uh we you know reeling off facts about dragons so clear think clear it up for me there are still even though dragons are outlawed there are still dragons in the world yes and it's not just i got the impression that there's not just even though they're illegal they still are people that keep that have them. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about like, that. Well, you know, we're not really supposed to have like tigers as pets, yeah. but every once in a while you find tiger. <laughs> somebody who had one in their basement. Okay. And you're like, what the heck? You can't do that. Okay. And then, well, back to Charlie. I think it's kind of like, probably like a sanctuary, a wildlife sanctuary mm-hmm. where they try and keep the dragons. Sure. That's probably where he works at. You were kind of comparing it to a zoo, but I think maybe more like a wildlife sanctuary yeah there's still going to be those people black market people who are wheeling and dealing and dragon eggs think that they can handle it and raise a dragon when Mm -hmm. really it's just going to cause problems and they mentioned you know that muggles spot them occasionally that was my next question so muggles have seen them Mm -hmm. and i think it was ron that said that our kind meaning the wizards have had to flashy thing them yeah they've had to do the men in black flashy thing to them <laughs> thank god they have those and then hopefully they as uh, will smith said give them a, a pleasant memory mm-hmm. you know uh yeah you didn't see a dragon you were uh you know going in the store and uh, it was a kite it was a dragon kite <laughs> there you go that really cool dragon kite i saw online that i said i wanted yeah. was one of those yeah yeah there you go uh so we've got uh harry ron and hermione heading to hagrid's later on there was a really kind of cute line where what did he he said something or other about you guys looking up stuff on the stone or nicholas from ellerson she's like we already figured that all out (laughs) yeah we're way past that like dude you have no idea how much we know (laughs) yeah but they decide that they're gonna go back and see hagrid and see if they can pump him for a little more information but yeah, they already figured out the Nicholas Flamel part. But I mean, and they know about Fluffy. But does Hagrid know that they've actually been in the same room as Fluffy? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I mean, they they're kind of ahead of the the curve right here with mm-hmm. you know what Hagrid thinks. And not they showing know. all their cards to Mm-mm. Hagrid. Yeah, they which is interesting know. with somebody who's been so kind to them and somebody who has been 
kids are sneaky and they yeah, can't be trusted. They are. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I'm not going to say that because I'll probably have some angry parent, you know, listen to the podcast and call. And you know, you're teacher aide, so you can get away with stuff like that. Yeah. So the uh, the opinions of Jessica Rhino don't necessarily reflect uh, the Broomsticks and Butterbeer podcast. If you do have angry emails, you can send them to us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us compliments or if you want a cool butterbeer recipe, right? Yep, we got that. And so uh, we head to Hagrid's later on. They're curious about why he's looking up things about dragons, but they're really there to kind of... Uh, press him for information about other contingencies besides Fluffy guarding the stone, right? Yes, they want to know that there's more things protecting the stone. They don't have to just rely on Professor Quirrell not giving in to Snape. Yeah, because if that's if that's the only thing that that's keeping Snape from the stone, he's eventually going to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's or at least that's what the the children. Unless are. the pep talks work. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, they can't hurt, no. but I mean, think to they're only going to be so effective, you know, up to a point. But Hagrid doesn't want to let any of this information out until Hermione kind of turns on the charm and kind of flatters him into telling the children more. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And the uh, Harry and Ron are kind of looking at each other like, oh, see what she's doing. Oh, you're doing a great... Oh, keep keep going. And Hagrid's just eating it up. He's got a big smile on his face. He's underneath his big bushy beard. He's blushing. And, you know, it was just things like, you know, I know you know a lot because d- nobody, you know, uh, Dumbledore doesn't trust anybody more than you and Nicholas Flamel. I mean, you guys are right up there, you know, right up there, one, two, and most trustworthy people. And, you know, Hagrid kind of lets down his guard a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, it's fun to see. We're getting to see different sides of the characters this yeah, chapter. Get... You know, we get a little little extra on Hermione, mm-hmm. and Ron gets to play another role. Sure. Yeah, and, and uh, Hermione is a little, uh, you know, conniving, you know, mm-hmm. a little, you know, using her using her brains to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And we're not used to that side of her, you know. She seems very black and white by the book Mm -hmm. and logical and you know I can think of a logical way to get what I want like you're saying but she she uses a little bit of flattery you might argue that it's logical too but you know when you think of like the stereotypical nerd bookworm they're kind of socially awkward to have this in her toolbox where she can read people and play them sure it's not it's not a bad skill to have. No. You know, <laughs> as long as, and, and you know, for her, she's figuring she's using it for, for good. For good. So Hagrid kind of spills the beans a little bit and says that other than Fluffy, who Hagrid and Dumbledore are really the only two that know how to control Fluffy and how to get Fluffy to heal in order to get past Fluffy, right? Mm-hmm. However, all the professors seemingly had a hand in protecting the, thro- the stone through various enchantments, including Quirrell and including, maybe surprisingly to the students, Professor Snape as well. So tell us a little bit more about the uh, kind of what you were envisioning, the process of the different professors kind of putting the enchantments on the... You, did you imagine them like all in the same room and... Everybody kind of abracadabra is a different thing at the <laughs> at the cellar, or, or what do you what what was kind of going through your head when you were envisioning that? Um, well, I don't know because I already the first time I read it, I had already seen the movie. Okay. So. Well, how I does mean, it play out in the movie? Are they all kind of in the same room doing? Well, they don't things? show them actually doing it, but when we get to that part later, we see the pro- like more like a ma- not a maze, but different rooms like they have to make a progression through mm-hmm. get through one te- one enchantment to get to another to it's like an escape another, room kind of like an escape room <laughs> the wizarding escape room i got that you that would be awesome i also want to point out that um my other note for this chapter was that hagrid is drinking again so yes hermione's working her little charms but mm-hmm. yeah he was uh tossing some back well i know uh well we'll talk about uh we'll talk about brandy here in a second not not the uh, female pop singer, but the uh, the drink is going to come up very prominently in this chapter. I, so, and it wasn't necessarily for Hagrid, 
But I'm guessing if Hagrid's, you know, cooking up a little con- brandy concoction, he's probably having a little nip of it himself. Yes. I would yes. just, I would just imagine. So uh, I think it's very interesting that all of the professors kind of had a, a hand in these enchantments, which means that all the professors know what's, what's there. there, and it that was something that was kind of, and maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that, but I was. Because it, it kind of just seemed like it would be something that Dumbledore would just keep between him and Hagrid and maybe Nicholas Flamel. Yes. Just to kind of, you know, less people know about it, the better. You're saying all of the professors, but I know that there are a lot more professors. Oh, okay. You're just thinking of the core professors. Right, okay. So it's like the inner circle, let's say. They're... they're the main characters, yes, the main professors, but there are a lot more. So it's not like everyone in the school knows. Who's the lady that uh, has like the big, uh, the big glasses and does like the uh, tonnery or something? That, that does like the plants yeah, the and stuff. They <laughs> oh probably, no, not the plants. No, not the plants. You know, the one that like helps them tell the future. Ah, that one. yeah. Because that was the one your mom went and did a cosplay for or whatever. <laughs> So they probably, they probably, she probably wasn't in on the, uh, no, no, she wasn't <laughs> on the in on it. They're like, no, you're all right. You're all right. Madam Hooch, the, the broom instructor, she's not in on it. Yeah. It's like, we, we don't need brooms for this one. Yeah. Madam Hooch, you'll be, you'll be fine. Professor Sprout's not in on it. Oh, no, yeah, she was. Yeah. Sprout. Sprout is Flitwick, in. McGonagall, Quirrell, Snape, and Dumbledore, according to the, uh, according to page 232 of chapter 14. And so you've got Dumbledore, or well, no, Snape's the head of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. McGonagall's the head of Gryffindor. Flitwick, I think he's Ravenclaw? But I'm thinking it's those ones, the mm-hmm. heads of the, and then Quirrell, The big guns. The big guns, the main ones, and then a couple extra. Gotcha. Sprout and Quirrell. So the students are kind of figuring out that, are assuming that Snape needs... Quirrell's piece of the puzzle, right, in order to get through these enchantments. That was kind of the uh, understanding. Because Snape is familiar with, they, they made you believe that he was there for when the other professors were putting their enchantments on. So he's kind of familiar with how to get around them. But for some reason, he's not sure about Quirrell's. And he needs Quirrell to basically just help him or tell him what he needs to do and Quirrell is reluctant to do so. I think that's another assumption that the children are making because they see Snape targeting him. Mm-hmm. So that must be all that he needs left. That and Fluffy because Fluffy bit him <laughs> he <laughs> before. Did. So he, did. he needs to know how to get past Fluffy and he needs to know Quirrell's. Gotcha. Uh, so let's talk about what Hagrid has cooking on the fire, his hut. He can't open a window even though it's really toasty in there. What's Hagrid got cooking on the fire? Like a, a brisket or something like that? No. No, no. Daniel. It's not a brisket. No. It's not, hopefully it's not a dog. Yeah, it's it? not a puppy. Oh, thank goodness. It's a dragon egg. A dragon egg? Yes. How did Hagrid dragon get his hands egg. on a dragon egg? Won it. Down at the pub. In a card game, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting what you can win in a game of, game of chance. Mm-hmm. But, at your uh, local pub? At your local pub. A, 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 not just a dragon egg, but like a rare... Kind of a rare yeah, dragon right. egg, Norwegian Ridgeback. The The students are just very taken back by this because, you know, dragons are illegal and dragons are big and dragons breathe fire and not you live, safe. And you live in safe. a wooden house yes. <laughs> and fire and wood do not mix well together. It's against the rules. They know Hagrid's already been in trouble before. That's why he got kicked out of school. I mean, they, they have some vague understanding of that and they're just like why are you breaking the rules again plus he's just an adult in a position of authority he should not be breaking the rules uh flitwick is the head of ravenclaw Ravenclaw. house so good job you're having a big show (laughs) 10 points for ravenclaw then i couldn't think of who's hufflepuff yeah we'll look we'll have an intern look it up we got interns running around here I was pretty sure he was Ravenclaw, but then I couldn't think of who was Hufflepuff. These interns keep asking me if I want coffee. I'm, I'm telling, I don't drink coffee. No, no. And that's Coffee's all. That's disgusting. all. It's like all they've been conditioned to do is fetch coffee. We have no use for coffee around here. No. So I don't. I. They're kind of worthless, honestly. You teach them to make butter beer. Yeah. They're interns. They have a very limited skill set. Oh. <laughs> 
it's going and getting coffee, putting the coffee into a tray container and walking the coffee back, which does uh, does us no good. If if we get at least like trained to like go walk the dogs or something, but yeah, nope, nope, they're they're pretty worthless. So several days later, Harry gets a note from his owl Hedwig at breakfast, and it's just two words: it's hatching. Yes. So the uh, oh, the uh, trio debates on whether they're gonna have to skip class to go see the dragon hatching because how often how many times in your life you're going to get the chance to to experience that very true i mean i'd go watch dragon hatch skip work go watch dragon hatch definitely uh unfortunately draco malfoy overhears a lot of the conversation and uh that's never a good thing right no no it's not they really need to pay more attention to their surroundings when they're talking I think they just get, you know, so caught up and Drake Draco's so sneaky and he's just always kind of, you know, around where he knows he can. better to do? I don't know. Maybe Hermione needs to work on his revisions timetable. Yeah. He probably just figures his dad would pay off the school so he gets good grades. He just strikes me as that kind of kid. So we've got uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione who actually end up, I think, during one of the breaks or something yeah. in class. So. She wins. She makes them wait till break. Right. And they end up going to witness the, the hatching at Hagrid's hut. Unfortunately, they weren't the only one that went as when the hatching occurs and the little baby dragon comes out, Malfoy is peeking through the window, through, through the curtains in the window, and they can see him running back to the school with this knowledge that he could potentially use to get not only the children in trouble, but Hagrid in trouble as well. And, you know, if Hagrid has already been kicked out of Hogwarts as a student, you know, if he has uh, another major infraction, he might even lose his job as uh, is a game, gameskeeper? Keeper of the keys. Keeper of the keys. Key. <laughs> Something like that. I might be thinking of Hunger Games. <laughs> game the, maker? the game master. Let's put some rabid dogs in there. I think he's all of the above. He's like the groundskeeper, the gamekeeper, and the keeper of the keys. But I remember him talking about that at the beginning. The keeper of the keys. The students know that, that Hagrid can't keep this dragon, right? And I think Hagrid even kind of eventually reluctantly comes to that realization in this chapter as well. Was that the... I think they mentioned it once in the chapter. Was that the kind of the gist that you got? Yeah, it takes him a while, and mm-hmm. he's, like you said, very reluctant about it. But he does, you know, kind of admit that he knew he couldn't keep it. He's always known he couldn't mm-hmm. keep it, but he just kind of wanted to live mm-hmm. in his little bubble for just a little bit that he could have this dragon. He's always wanted a dragon. He just wanted an opportunity to live his uh, fantasy. It's kind of like when you... You don't want to say it out loud because then it becomes real. Yeah. You know, as long as he can kind of keep up, you know. Bruised, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. That's a good word. You're having a big show. Um, I'm I'm feeling under the weather, so <laughs> I'm gl- I'm glad I have you there to, to jump in with the uh, with the good words, the good vocabulary, so to speak. He, I think he realizes that you know once he kind of says it out loud that it that it becomes reality and that he's going to have to. Um, make some moves in order to get this dragon he can't just let the dragon go he said that because i think one of the students said why don't you just let it go you know it'll die and he says it'll die out there yeah it's a baby yeah you can't just you know put the, put a baby out in the in the wild yeah. even if it is a you know fire breathing dragon yeah i don't think he i don't think he really had a plan for it but maybe he thought he could get away with getting it to the stage where it could take care mm-hmm. of itself yeah Somehow, sure. I mean, Hagrid's not a logical fella, but no. I'm thinking that's what he was thinking, was yeah. that, oh, well, I can just keep it long enough till it can fend for itself. Yeah. Sometimes, he, I mean, he thinks with his heart a lot, you can tell, you know, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, just really, you know, sometimes, like you said, logic is not the prevailing thing going on in his brain. It's, he's a very loving person and he's a very caring person and some sometimes when you you know think with your heart instead of your head it it doesn't work out you know that well so you know Hagrid though we talked about Brandy <laughs> earlier yeah. uh, apparently uh, in that book that Hagrid checked out uh, he found out that you have to feed the baby dragon 
Like every, was it like every three hours or something like that? Like a mixture of brandy and chicken blood or something like that? Chicken, I thought it was chicken broth. Oh, I thought it was blood. <laughs> we'll have an intern look it up. That oh, would, that's a big difference. That is a big difference. Um, it's a little dark. Too. I would, I would be, uh, I would be happy to find out that it is chicken broth. However, I, th I thought I remembered it being chicken blood, but you're the expert, so I will uh, defer to you. So uh, while we're having the intern look that up, we know that uh, the dragon has grown three times its length in just a week, and that Hagrid has named it Norbert. Chicken blood, you're Chick right. Chicken blood. Oh, 10 points for Hufflepuff. Yep. So I'm having a big I think I just kind of tuned down in my brain and went, up. Oh, yeah, broth, that's fine. Chicken soup and, and brandy, that's fine. But uh, Hagrid is ecstatic with having a dragon, even though he knows he can't keep it. So Harry gets a pretty good idea for how that they can solve this dragon problem. And uh, what's Harry's idea that he comes up with? Uh, to, to, well, to ask Ron's brother mm -hmm. for help since he deals with dragons. Maybe he can take this one and... Charlie the, Charlie the dragon expert. Charlie the dragon expert. Mm -hmm. I like how already I know what these three kids are in for over the course of this series. But already they come back from Hagrid's and the hatching of the baby dragon and dealing with Malfoy. They're like, why can't we just have a normal, easy life? Yeah. Why does everything have to be putting out fires, literally, mm. almost literally, and yeah. and solving problems and mysteries and saving the world? They're yeah. already kind of sick of having to save the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that's when you're Harry Potter and your name was on the front of the book. <laughs> I don't think you're, he realized you're that. You're going to have to do more than like the, the average uh, Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. Ron and Hermione didn't realize what they were signing up for, I guess. I, I bet there's a lot of students at the school who just kind of think, this is this is boring. Like, I'm just like learning about how to make potions. and Same old, same yeah, old. Every so day, so routine. Same routine. Yep. Unfortunately, nope. our, our three stars of the book are uh, having a heck of a time trying to keep their heads above water with all the drama that they've got going and on and studying and classes and oh just yeah you so got to do the fun. regular kid stuff on top of, of everything on top of like you said saving the world so we get the idea to contact charlie via an owl they sent an owl to charlie to see if he could potentially uh you know look after norbert and give him you know a place like you said that would be perfect if it's if he's at like a sanctuary mm -hmm. they could uh you know, Norbert could eat finish right. Raising he him could finish and raising him and, get him, him, and yeah, get him ready to be an independent adult dragon. Yeah, like a little dragon school. Right. And we find out that Charlie is willing to take Norbert, but it will not be easy to get the dragon to him. So, what's the plan for getting the dragon to Charlie? Uh, Charlie has some friends. Mm -hmm. Charlie knows a guy, <laughs> a couple of guys, apparently, who are coming to visit him, and they are going to get the dragon. However, Hogwarts has some enchantments and spells and protections around it. So mm -hmm. they have to go to the tallest tower. And that's when the four friends will come down on their broomsticks and take Norbert away. Mm -hmm. Saturday night, I think they said. Yeah. Uh, after the, the sun had gone down and middle of the night. Yeah. When all the kids were supposed to be back at the, the common rooms. Huh. Charlie's been to Hogwarts. He knows, and he's a dragon expert, so he knows all the rules. And that, he's a, and he's a Weasley. And he's so a Weasley, he, so, so he knows yeah, about Hogwarts. Yeah, so the he, ins and outs. Yeah, so he knows the rules, and he knows that how he knows how to bend them a little bit too. I'll bet. Yeah, but you know, he also knows how important this is to be kept secret. That Hagrid could get into trouble. That his brother and his friends could get into trouble for having this dragon and. So he takes the precautions and makes sure that they're doing it in a way that hopefully they won't get caught. And so they're going to take, they're going to use the invisibility cloak, right? Yes. And who is going to actually do the delivery? Harry and Hermione. Harry and Hermione and Norbert under the invisibility under cloak, the invisibility right? Under the invisibility cloak. And they've got Norbert in some kind of crate. Yeah. And they have to get Norbert all the way from the <laughs> hut to the school up staircases Apparently through long Hermione's corridors. Apparently been working out or... Yeah, she's been lifting. She's been lifting. She does... At that uh, point, maybe the boys that age, the boys are, the girls are still a little bit she's stronger been, than she, the boys. They've been doing P90X. Yeah. <laughs> working with kettlebells, <laughs> things like that. Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. You know, she's in good shape. She's... They, and they even said in the books uh, something to the effect of, we don't... We're, 
we still don't know how we got it up there. Yeah. You know, it was just like through sheer force of will and adrenaline, I'm well, guessing. Maybe she did some Wingardium Leviosa or something and they just had to guide it. She is clever. They made it seem like it. they weren't just guiding it, though. Yeah, they made no, it they seem made it like, they, like, were, they, were like they were lugging it. Uh, but we they eventually do get it very close to the, the final staircase. Unfortunately, before we can, even though we're invisible under the, under the cloak, we can't just walk it up the staircase because... McGonagall shows up with was she had like rollers and stuff in her hair? I thought it said <laughs> I don't know, I didn't I I think don't it, remember I, that I part. think it's I think it said that. It was kinda like in the middle of the night, like she had just gotten woken up out of bed and she's got Draco Malfoy by the ear leading him back to uh the Slytherin uh common room because she catches him up in the tower in the middle of the night. And she's, she's taking points away from Slytherin. What are you doing up in the middle of the night? Malfoy, to her, seems like he's just babbling like a madman. He's talking about how Harry Potter has a dragon. And yes. Harry Potter's going to be up here in the tower. And he's going, somebody's going to take the dragon and fly it away. Because uh, Malfoy got his hands on this information. We, I skipped over the part where uh, Ron actually got bit by the dragon. Yeah. And his hand started swelling up to the point where he couldn't ignore it anymore and had to go to the uh, infirmary. The hospital, yeah. yeah. Malfoy, with knowing that he... Malfoy has knows about the dragon. Yes. And he's using that knowledge of the dragon against uh, the trio. To taunt them, yes. Right, to taunt them. And he gets past the, the lady in the hospital wing by saying that uh, Ron has a book of his that he needs to borrow and... Ron, he ends up getting the book from Ron, but inside the book was the the plan, right? Yeah. It was to the be... The letter right, from Charlie right, saying what to do. The, from the owl that, that Charlie sent. Right. That to be in the tower uh, under the cover of night at midnight, this is how we're going to do it. Like so that's how Malfoy time. was familiar with the plan. So Malfoy is there uh, babbling like a madman, seemingly. And Even, the goggles in a hairnet. A hairnet. Yes, okay. a dressing gown and a hairnet. I'm just imagining like rollers in her hair and, and things like specify, that. specify, but perhaps, yeah, the hairnet's holding up all the rollers. But she obviously wasn't like on like patrol duty or no. anything like that. No. She, she had been roused from her bed. Absolutely. And she's not happy about no. being roused from her bed. Things are seemingly going very well because the delivery goes off without a hitch. Uh, four of Charlie's friends show up and they've rigged up uh, some kind of uh, rope system. Yeah, some kind of uh, like uh, seat belt uh, uh, thing to carry Norbert uh, on their four brooms safely to Charlie. So Hagrid is sad that he had to, you know, let Norbert go, but he's he's going to be in a very good place. It's not like when you tell your kid that they're going off, you know, the puppy went off to live on the farm. Nope. Uh, he really is going off to live in a, in a sanctuary somewhere where, he, where Norbert will be, you know, seemingly happy. Malfoy is going to get detention. And everything is seemingly mission accomplished, right? Yeah, perfect. Great. Yay. But unfortunately, we can't have a happy ending to a, a chapter. There's always some kind of drama that J.K. Rowling gives us at the end. Because at the bottom of the spiral staircase, they see Filch. Unfortunately, Filch also sees them. Because they left the invisibility cloak at the top of the tower. How could you do such a I, thing? If I had an invisibility cloak, I would always have it on me. I would never leave it lying around. That just seems like, you know, just the most important thing in the world right now. But I guess they were just so They were exhausted yeah. from getting it up there. And then to finally have it gone, it's just the stress of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Is this going to work out? Is it going to work out? Are they going to show up? Can and I it take it out. It all oh. worked out, and they're celebrating. And on top of that, Draco's in trouble. It's a great time to be alive. Yeah. Unfortunately, Filch, real hall monitor, sees them. And um, when does that man sleep? I don't know. During the day, maybe. No, he's around during the day too. Hmm. Maybe only just grabs like a nap here and there. But uh, so we, we're in trouble. I don't know uh, what's coming. You probably know what's coming, but I don't know. It seems like uh, we're in a bad spot, and we've only got three chapters left. Woo! So we're kind of getting to the nitty-gritty here. Things are going to start moving pretty fast. So what were some of the, the things that kind of stood out to you in this chapter, either um, 
we talked about a little bit of some of the characters kind of getting to wear different hats in this chapter. Was there any other big takeaways that you had after reading? No, that was the biggest part was getting to see them, you know, do show more of their personalities. Mm-hmm. I think that's good character building. You know, Expand their roles a little bit. Yeah, making them a full-fledged flushed character because people aren't flat and stereotypical. You know, like I said, she was we kind of saw her as the stereotypical nerd, mm-hmm. bookworm, by the book. And now we get to see more. Another yeah, side more of her. tools in, in their utility belt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Shout out to Batman, uh, who's snoring. Our, our dog who's snoring on the couch over there. Any uh, big discrepancies or anything that was really well done in the presentation uh, of the movie version of the events in this chapter? It's been a while. Like or were there some things that, that you were like, well, that wasn't in the movie. Things were just yeah, totally it's, left out. The whole chapter is very short and condensed okay. in the movie. This is, I mean, it's one of the things we have to hit to get to the end, but we don't really have to spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you get the dragon and it's hatching and what are we going to do? And we got to get rid of it. But I don't think any of the part with Ron getting bit, or at least not having to the hospital wing, I'm sure there was some bit in there about Norbert biting somebody, but it just much more condensed. It, it you have to do, but... It was kind of just a fun, easy-to-read chapter. There wasn't a lot of story ad- advancement no, in it. No, it was kind of like a side thing. Yeah, it was just kind of like a little little side adventure that they go side on. side adventure that they're already sick of going on. Yeah, but there's seeming, you know, seemingly big consequences at the end with, with Filch catching them. So, mm-hmm. you know, there could be... Uh, even though there, it seemed like a seemingly inconsequential chapter. It might it, have been setting something. Yeah, up. it could set up something really big. And I guess I will find out when we read uh, our next chapter. So what do we got coming up in chapter 15? Looks like we're uh, going back to the Forbidden Forest Ooh. in chapter 15. Back to the forest. And anything called the Forbidden Forest is it's not a positive thing. Well, no. Generally. No. <laughs> It's not like the enchanted forest or the magical forest. It's the forbidden forest. And uh, why would you build the school next to a forbidden forest? Or they probably did it got come for, forbidden later. They probably got the land real cheap. Uh, kind of like uh, hmm. when they they built Disney World. Uh, they they bought swamp land that nobody else wanted, and they got it super cheap. And then they just drained the swamp and built Disney World. And now it's the happiest place on earth. Except for when the alligator eats the children. Well, you know, can't have it, can't have it all, Jessica. Apparently not. You know, so <laughs> apparently. Uh, a little, little revenge there. Yeah. Well, the sign did say don't play in the water. It did. So, <laughs> if you believe in Darwinism, you are uh, survival of the fittest. But you know, but that's uh, we a little stayed, sad tale there. Yeah, we stayed just, in just, a just just brought us down a little Sorry. bit. Sorry. We stayed at a resort not far from Disneyland because we saw the um, the fireworks from our hotel room mm-hmm. when I went down with Debbie. And we walked the dogs all around that mm-hmm. resort. And there are little ponds and waterways and whatever. I didn't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And now, that, thinking back, that was kind of scary. We shouldn't have done those things. And we didn't let them get in the water or anything. Yeah. But we were walking around in the tall grass and by the water. and Could have been like dragons that. in there. You don't know. Dragons or... Or, or ridgebacks. Yeah, there could have been any kind of ridgeback, a variety of ridgebacks. I'm sure there were actually ridgebacks there because it was for a dog show. There you go. There might have been some crocodiles or alligators with some ridges on their backs, too. Mm-hmm. They eat you right up in a second. Yep. Uh, people, our friends down in Florida that are listening, be careful out there. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> Stay your, vigilant. Keep, keep your pets safe. I think that's it. Any Anything else you want to talk about with uh with this chapter or anything else kind of you want to tease going forward without giving too much away no nope don't trust myself to tease and not give away i got you but i'm excited that we're almost done with the book and we're gonna watch the movie and you're just happy to be at hogwarts i'm just happy to be at hogwarts (laughs) and i think that's gonna do it for us for for broomsticks and butterbeer uh chapter 14 oh no wait we should give a shout out we um went to the comic book convention in oh, Kansas Planet, City. Planet Comic Con. Planet Comic Con in Kansas City this weekend, a couple days ago. And we met some Harry Potter people. Mm-hmm. A lot of Harry Potter fans there. A lot of Harry Potter there. A lot of Hufflepuffs. A lot of Hufflepuffs. Present. A lot of, I think Hufflepuffs are kind of uh, spreading their wings a little bit, being a little, you know, uh, letting their 
Hufflepuff flag fly a little bit more, a little bit more freely. And we, I always get big compliments, like are like all the Hufflepuffs seemingly like uh, come out of hiding when I wear my Hufflepuff robe. But now I'm seeing, you know, they don't need me to be their leader. Yeah. You know. Well, you weren't in Kansas City, like you've never gone there, so somebody else must have done what you've been doing here. Good. In Kansas, yeah, City. grassroots campaign. <laughs> <laughs> to try to get uh, the Huff, bring the Hufflepuff world together, but uh, you want to give a shout out to uh, we made some friends that yeah. make some jewelry, some cute, some cute jewelry with all the houses, mm-hmm. and they're going to start listening. So we're excited. All right, shout out. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, you can always send us your emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. and if you like the show, leave us a review. Um, if you whatever platform you listen to it on Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or any any of those other platforms, uh, leave us a review. It really helps uh, the show. It really helps increase our uh, visibility. Really, it makes everything easier to find for you. Uh, this show is never going to be uh, a show that you're going to have to pay for. Uh, we're always gonna we're gonna you know work through all the books, and it might take us a while to eventually get through all of them, but this show is always going to be free, and it's always always going to be for fans, and it's always going to be for listeners. So uh, it's never going to be something that uh, you're going to have to pay to download or pay to listen to. But uh, you know, the only thing that we ask is just if you if you dig the show, just leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And um, if you got questions or anything like that, or comments or feedback, shoot us an email: broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Other than that, I think we're going to wrap things up. So for chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian, not Rhodesian, Ridgeback. He's a dragon, not a dog. Jess, I knew you thought he was a dog, but he is not. He is, in fact, a fire-breathing dragon. Shame on you for thinking otherwise. I'm Dan Rhino. Okay. I'm Jessica Rhino. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was just all too silly. Yeah, we're, having, we're, uh, we're off the rails here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Magic that you